0: So to the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 46, and if you're counting, this is Episode 96. I'm Craig. I am Britt. And we are back for another week of almost football season.
1: Yes. So not a ton going on, but the prep no, work has really started. A lot of the um, expert sites are starting to release some uh, early season predictions, best balls in full swing. There's stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. But let's start but, where we always start. Yes, Craig has handed to me a blue bag. It is a cooler. It is a cooler. With a handle. And, and a I'm opening the cooler. So there are two beers in here. Am I just reaching in and grabbing one?
0: Uh, yes, but then give me the same one that you...
1: Okay, but it's going to be random when I pull out of here. Right. All right, I'm reaching in, I'm reaching in, I'm reaching in. This is the one we're starting with. Tonight, we'll be starting with Always Ready, a Northeast Pale Ale by Cape May Brewing. There yes. you go. <clears throat> oh. Okay, Nick okay. Studio, we got to be with Arms Reach. Uh, right, I got guys. it. I got it. Okay, so this is another one of the beers that you brought back from your trip to Jersey. Yes. Um, have you tried this one already? Um,
0: I did when I was down there.
1: Okay, so I have
0: not okay. had so this So I had it point. on tap, like draft.
1: Okay, so, so. let's do the quick two-second description of this guy. So According to the can, uh, it's a Northeast Pale Ale, intensely aromatic and crushable, 12 ounces, 4.8%. Oh, that's nice and light. Um, okay. Of course it pairs well with cheese, fish, and chicken. Have you noticed every beer you've handed me from them? The chicken is under the pairing. Yes. Everything goes with chicken. I think that's an intentional joke (laughs) profile. Cape may is home to the coast guard. So we salute those who are always ready with a juicy Northeast pale ale with the addition of wheat and oats for a medium body. And with brilliant aroma of tropical fruits like pineapple, mangrove, and citrus zest, this Lush Hop Bomb is always ready. They oh, Every one of the beers you've handed me, they've referred to as a hop bomb.
0: Like, I don't think you one don't think it means.
1: <laughs> All right, let's open this bad All boy. All right, go ahead. Bush. Okay. No glasses today. I'm going nope. out the can. Right the can. Okay, yeah. I'm getting a lot of juice right off the nose. And not like citra hops juice, like juice juice. That's the orange zest, obviously. It said there's orange zest in here. Okay, good nose. I like the smell of it already. Let's go.
0: Okay. thinking. He's thinking. Ooh. Ooh. He made a face and said, ooh. It may or may not be good or bad. I don't know. Ooh, okay. I'll open mine.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa. I like it, first off. Okay, good. It's hoppy for such a low ABV. It's almost session-like um, in that, but you get a little bit of orange up front and then you get the wheat and the hops and then you finish with the orange at the end. Oh yeah, you're right. So it's like, it's like, it's like, okay, again, oh, here here we comes go. analogy. <laughs> here comes the analogy. It's like being in a crowded room and you're talking to hops and you're talking to barley and you're talking to the oats and the wheat, but the whole time in the back of the room, you see an orange. <laughs> and then as you feel like you're talking to everybody, the orange approaches you and goes, hi, my name is orange. That's what it's like. It's present, but the other flavors kind of are up front, and then you'll get the orange on the back. I like yep. this
0: a great deal. This is good. I can't believe it's only 4.8. I, it,
1: You know, it's got a really solid hop flavor to it. It is. It, it reminds me of the good sessions we've had, like, I mean, Little Heaven. Yeah, from, similar from to two that. Rows. It's it's like if Little Heaven and Orange, kind of, yeah. if it was brewed with orange zest, this would be very similar. Uh, but, I mean, Little Heaven's another example. I mean, that's an under 5 ABV, and um, that's a two-roads beer. Uh, it's under 5 ABV, and it's really hoppy. It's got some solid hop taste. This reminds me of, of that in that respect.
0: Yeah, I definitely so. get the orange zest, like, on the back of oh, it. Oh, I
1: could sit and drink this one all day. Oh, that's, It makes some
0: good stuff down there.
1: It's dangerous. Dangerous. All right. All right. Let's move on. Burning hot take sure. questions. I have two. Okay, so you go first. I will go first. And I have neither one is football related. Okay. All right, I'm going to start with the big news from overseas. We try not to be political on here, but the President of the United States is in London. Right. Have you seen the adventures of the Prime Minister's cat, Larry? Yes. He has photobombed every <laughs> opportunity in front of Dowling Street. So th- for those who don't know, in 2011, some rats were seen scurrying along outside the prime minister's residence during a live BBC news shot. And people were like, how terrible the prime minister's got rats. So they got a cat <laughs> to kill the, to kill and scare off the rats. And his, they got Larry. Names. They got Larry. And um, so there's a, there's a cat in the prime minister's residence. He has photobombed. He's perched himself on the windowsill while they were trying to do photo ops. When the president was getting ready to leave, he decided he wanted to be underneath the president's car. The one that's like bulletproof. They call the beast. Um, and they're like, you can't leave with the cat underneath there. You gotta get the cat out (laughs) from underneath there. Um, so he is appear, he appears to, and this is my question to you. Yeah. Is Larry, the cat functionally joining the resist Trump movement, (laughs) or is he just being a cat and saying, I don't care if I'm in your way. I'm the um,
0: cat. You know, having two two and a half cats. Um, <laughs> cause, yeah, we take care of a stray cat that's sort of kind of ours, but he stays outside. Yes, he goes um,
1: and headbutts you when you see him. He
0: does. Um, I think he's a cat, being a cat, and he knows that from his you know how t- well, he's been there for what uh, five since six, 2011, so about uh, eight years. Eight years. He knows no one's gonna fuck with him. No. And he doesn't give a shit who you are. He's going to sit wherever he wants. No.
1: They, and, they, and CNN was doing a whole thing on him because he was in so many pictures. People were like, what the frick is that cat? And uh, so he's gotten a lot of prominence the last couple of days. And they, so CNN did a thing where uh, security footage has shown him having fights um, or, or, or standoffs <laughs> with another cat. The cat, the, the cat he had a standoff with. Is the cat that guards the foreign ministry building two doors down <laughs> from making sure the rats don't go from the prime minister's residence into the maybe foreign he's ministry? French. <laughs> yeah. Maybe French. Yeah, maybe he was there asking for the French. That's possible. So, but I thought that was very funny and very cute. No, that's I, awesome. I agree. I, they
0: it, think they even list his like job responsibilities online. Yes,
1: yes he has. He has a Twitter presence, <laughs> um, and, and and he's he's quite he's quite famous. Uh, I think he's called Ten Dowling Cat on Twitter. So I just thought that was very funny and I, I wanted to
0: bring it up. So what do you got for me? Uh mine's football related. Oh that's good. Uh the commissioner yeah. of football. Yeah. He said he doesn't think four games of preseason is necessary. Wow, he finally said something I agree with. Only took him like three years. Um So my question you is do you like do you think now we've been saying it for years a preseason is very unnecessary. Correct. Don't need it. By the time a season starts, you already know who your starters are. Correct. <clears throat> do you think this is going to change anything that he said this? Like, are they going to start the season sooner? Because I don't think the players want to play more games. So here's what, no, no. They definitely it's, do not want to play more games. No,
1: and particularly with the CBA expiring, <laughs> was it next year, 2021? Yeah. Or maybe in two years. Um, That's not something they can risk. The players do not want to add games to the schedule. The conversely, the owners don't want to lose games from the schedule because they feel like they can charge normal price for these games, even though most of the guys in these games or will be playing in the series. CFL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or in from one series. Um, I, here's what's going to happen. It's the same thing that always happens in football. The competition committee will take it up. They will discuss it. Everyone will be like, yeah, yeah, this is a good idea. And it'll die at the last moment. You remember when the chiefs lost to the Patriots and didn't go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> And then, and then everybody was like, oh, yeah, we got to change this. we got to change this. Everybody needs to start. Everybody needs to start. Three months later, competition committee was like, all right, here's a potential rule change. Oh, yeah, we got to put this in front of the owners. It didn't change. It didn't happen. It got killed, it, lack of a better term, it got killed in committee. And it seemed like a foregone conclusion. So, no, just because the commissioner says it doesn't change anything. The commissioner is the only guy... In this entire equation, who has no financial benefit tied to preseason games? Players want to play fewer games. Owners want to host more games.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, unless you make preseason games like all second strings, third string. What you
1: got to do is you got to make the preseason games matter in in such a way that they don't really matter.
0: Or you know what? Like less than the quarters. Yeah. Do have do of course fifteen minutes, do eight minutes. It's
1: because they don't because they want to charge for it and they can't charge full price for it. The owners want people to think that preseason Matters. is the same as week one and it's not No,
0: it is not. The
1: players are different. <coughs> so in order to do this and to eliminate those preseason games, you would have to change the way the rosters work. You would have to have cut downs earlier. What is it, fifty three man roster? Yes. And they have like a hundred people in camp, you would have to get rid of them sooner. You'd have to get rid of them sooner. That's all there is to it. And then you can start the season earlier if you want. You can uh, push back this opening would that camps. be
0: Would that be weird starting football in August? So Officially maybe, starting.
1: So maybe you don't do that. Maybe you keep the football season starting at the same time, but you can push the start back of camp.
0: Camp mm. can start.
1: If you have two fewer preseason games, you can start camps two weeks later, and that's less wear and tear on these guys' bodies. Every minute you don't spend getting hit by another human being is probably good for your body. I'm probably. not a doctor,
0: <laughs> but just going on that assumption that getting hit a lot is not good for you. In, in
1: my personal experience, getting hit is bad
0: in most scenarios.
1: Unless you're rocky and you're trying to get angry, right. getting yep. hit is bad.
0: right right.
1: So. <laughs> All right, my third question. yeah, completely out of the blue, Sure. Off the top of your head. This yep. is a total hot take.
0: <laughs> I hope it's not an actor's name because it'll be horrible. No. Okay, good. I
1: want I want you to answer this question just with the first thing that comes into your head. Go All ahead. Right. Take a sip of the beer first. He's going to take a sip of the beer. Okay. Right now. Right now. The best soft rock hit of the 1970s. Go.
0: Anything by the Bee Gees.
1: All right. That's good. We'll pick one. <laughs> What's the first one we say? All right. Best Bee Gees song. What comes in your head?
0: Oh, damn it. Now I blanked.
1: Oh, sad. Yeah, such a great opportunity there. I did.
0: The reason this came up is staying alive.
1: Staying alive. There you go. There, duh. Which is a disco song, not necessarily soft rock. All right, but I mean, you could have also gone with "How Deep Is Your Love," which is also a <laughs> B- BG soft rock song. True. On the way over here, I was riding with my wife because yeah, we're, we're producerless this week. Our we producer are. Our producer left us to go out with my wife. Yep. So, um, on our way over here, "Sailing" by Christopher Cross came on the radio. Wow. And I went, this is hands down the best song of the 70s. And my wife shot me a look that says you could not have said anything else that would be more stupid than what you just said. I could have said to her, I'm considering having duck feet transplanted onto my body. And I would have gotten the same look. So I said, you know what? I'm putting that in as a burning hot take question. The best soft rock. All right. On Twitter at Fignuts DFS. I'm going to put this out on Friday morning. Tweet at us the best soft rock song of the 70s. I want it in the comments. I want you to tell me a song that's better than Sailing by Christopher Cross and anything by the Bee Gees. I'm challenging our audience. I want to hear it. So, no one people are going to be like that's way too stupid for yeah. me to respond to. But thanks. <laughs> thanks. I'm
0: good. Hey, it's Twitter. They'll respond. I'm good.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, on to like real football stuff. Do we have real football stuff to talk about? Uh yeah, you sent me a list before. I did. I don't know what was on it though. I'm old. Uh
0: Oh, it's, that's good. Cool. He's a looking at the list.
1: No, I'm looking at a picture my brother just sent me. The source just sent me a, a picture. Yeah. There's um this is a long kind of side story for those who are from Connecticut and had lived here a long time remember we had a fair called the Danbury Fair. Yes. it's where the Danbury Fair Mall is right now. yes they used to have some weird statues out in front okay um a Paul Bunyan, a Uncle Sam etc. Uncle Sam was when the fair shut down was purchased by Magic Forest in Lake George New York which is a place we vacation up by so we would still see the statue right a year ago, they sold the statue to some unknown partnership. Okay. It has resurfaced. Oh, where is it? The wor- the rumor was that some Danbury Fair restoration group had bought it and was going to put it up in a park in Danbury. Well, my brother, the source, has just texted me a picture.
0: It's at Dunkin' Donuts. It's
1: across the street <laughs> from a Dunkin' Donuts in Danbury, and my brother just texted me the picture of it. So, that's sorry, that's why I got me distracted there for a moment, so... Um, so thank you. Thank you. Again, the source comes through again. Every time we need the source, he comes through with something. Sometimes it's beer. Sometimes it's a hot take. In this case, it's a statue of uncle Sam. So, okay. So let's see. Well, let's start with the first one. Let's start with the big one today that generated a lot of chatter. So for those who don't know, Tom Brady, who some people consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time, has decided to register the name Tom terrific as a trademark and has done so with the expressed intent of using it to profit. This has rubbed some New Yorkers the wrong way, because Tom Terrific has been, for the last 40 years, the nickname for Tom Seaver, one of the most famous Mets of all time. Craig. Yeah. Is it fair for Tom Brady to sit there and say, well, it's not trademarked, I can use it,
0: or is this not a good move on his part? So technically, because it's not trademarked, technically he is not doing anything wrong. Completely legal. Completely legal. Technically has every right to. You and I could have done it if we wanted to. Yep. But it's kind of a dick move. It is. Because I'm pretty sure he knows who Tom Seaver is. He's he's living in Massachusetts. He's that close to the Mets. I'm pretty sure he knows who Tom Seaver he is. He's
1: living in Boston. And it,
0: yeah, in I the know. Boston
1: area. But here, here's the thing, Tom Brady has... Someone around
0: him knows who Tom Seaver is.
1: Oh, yeah. Someone on th- that, That's where this really comes down to. It's not like Tom Brady rolled out of bed this morning and said to his wife, listen, I, I've got a great name for my new line of whatever. I'm going to call it Tom Terrific. I've got a name for that new breakfast cereal that I want to do. It's called Tom Terrific. That didn't happen. There's a group of marketing people, and they let this go through. Or they did it with the intent of bringing attention to them. Right. But I don't think Tom Brady, for all the negative press he receives from people like us, (laughs) (laughs) that he really wants more negative press. I don't think this is one of those things he would just do just to get someone talking about him. He doesn't need that. So this is just bad oversight on all grounds. So what Tom Brady needs to do, he needs to go into the marketing firm tomorrow that did this. He needs to tell them that he wants to gift the Tom Terrific trademark to Tom Seaver.
0: He wants okay. to do
1: whatever legal paperwork is necessary to transfer this trademark to Tom Seaver. Put out a press release saying he did it, and go take back a picture to the joint with him. Board. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Seaver's not doing public appearances anymore. Oh, that's
0: right. That's Seaver right. has,
1: uh, I believe, it's advanced dementia at this point. He's only working on his, and that's the thing. Tom Seaver isn't isn't elderly and feeling it in years. He would be all over the media today, telling Tom Brady to stick it. Because that was the kind of guy Seaver was. And see and, and to a certain extent I'm sure still is. But this is a, just a bad PR move. Yeah, it looks it does a doesn't look bad good. PR move. Um, so you know, I, I would like to recommend he uh he potentially uh call himself um, you know, if he wants to register a trademark that, that makes sense with the alliterative T's, he could do Tom Terrible or um <laughs> Tom Tom Temperamental. <laughs> Or uh Temper Tantrum Tom.
0: Uh Cinch is yelling in his truck right um, now. <laughs> don't tackle me, Tom. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that's touch Me Not one. Tom. That's a good one. Um you know. I mean Something. I'm running out of tease. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's Just so not not good. It's a
1: bad thing. It's a bad, bad thing. All right, topic the second. Yes. And I have a feeling we're gonna argue about this. Oh boy. So Baker Mayfield. Oh yes is unhappy because Duke Johnson requested a trade and it's getting media attention. Right. You had some strong opinions on this. I smell Craig (laughs) counter Craig. (laughs) So before we get into this, let me remind you, this is a rare segment that we do five or six times a year in which Craig has an opinion about something and then I spend about 10 minutes explaining why he's wrong. So Craig your thoughts on Baker Mayfield coming out and saying that Duke Johnson's trade request
0: is a self-inflicted wound and he hopes he can be professional. So here's my thing about that. We have all seen the history of Baker Mayfield from the time he was drunk, running down the street in college, getting tackled by police.
1: He wasn't really running so much. No, he was was stumbling stumbling. and falling. Really? He was pretty drunk.
0: Yeah, he was to him doing the suck it sign on the sidelines
1: well, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but like all these things happen. And he's like, you know, he talks about his ex-coaches. My problem with Baker is he's he's telling someone else they need to act professional. I think it's high. It's ironic. Like he doesn't see that he's surra- He has surrounded himself with players who have vocally hated their teams in the locker room and s- people that have said trade me, like Jarvis Landry, like Beckham.
1: But he has they, surrounded himself with these well, people. No, the organization did, has surrounded right, him with these individuals. Right, yes,
0: fine. But he is surrounded by people like that. Okay. So my problem with Baker is that it's just stupid that he's telling someone else to act professional when they want to be traded. And what did he like? What did he do? He just said, "I wanted to be traded." He didn't go off on a tantrum like Landry or a tantrum like Beckham did, and blame everyone around him for. Oh, I hate it here. It was just. It's stupid. It's stupid and I can't wait until Vantes buries him 10 yards back behind the line of scrimmage into the ground. Done.
1: Where where is perfect now?
0: The Raiders. Okay. They might Yeah, no, they play each other. Another
1: another team full of interesting characters to be <laughs> sure. Um Here's why you're wrong because that's how this segment works. <laughs> you don't have to agree with me but this is that's <laughs> how we always open it. Here's why you're wrong. So last year, while Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman. Wow. I'm not even a full beer. Wow.
0: And this is under 5%. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Hugh Jackson.
0: Jackson.
1: Hugh Jackman's a tremendous actor. Love <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Love him. And has a line of coffee. Has his own line of coffee. It still blows my mind, as a two-second aside, that Hugh Jackman, the same guy who will forever be Wolverine in my mind, does musicals.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he was fan of the opera, man.
1: Phantom of the opera. He's <clears throat> done. There's rumor he's going to do Barnum. Because he, he did that movie, The Greatest Show on Earth. Oh yeah, I was There's gonna say. There's a rumor he's gonna do a Barnum revival, which is a musical from the '70s. Huh? Really? Yeah. The, the rumor is circulating, hmm. and my, that's my mother's favorite musical. My parents really? are big musical fans. Oh my god, I was dragged to see Barnum at least three separate occasions. Huh? At least three separate occasions as a kid. Um, I could probably still sing some of the songs. <laughs> I won't. But anyway, so Hugh Jackson. <laughs>
0: Right. (laughs) I got that right. Did (laughs) I get that right this time? Okay. Had to think about it. Hugh
1: Jackson didn't start him. The team was terrible. How was Baker then? Was he complaining to the press? Was he making shenanigans on the sidelines?
0: He may have been. I wasn't paying attention to him. No.
1: He was not drawing any attention to himself. Hugh Jackson gets fired. And what were his comments about Hugh Jackson? But did he say, I'm glad he's gone? He impl- that guy's- He implied it. He implied it, but he didn't say it. He said, change is good sometimes. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to play. Odell Beckham Jr. joins the team. He gets criticism from Colin Coward, which we documented well on this in, in one of my final rants. Did uh, was, was he inappropriate in what he said about Colin Coward? I think he was spot on.
0: Not about that, no.
1: So here's the question. <clears throat> yes, he's got a strong history. Yes, he's got a new coach. Yes, he's got a cast of characters around him that stability isn't exactly a word we've used to describe any of those individuals. Correct. But can we really question his professionalism lately? Is there a possibility that
0: he's grown he, a no. touch? No, I think it's on the borderline. At any at any given moment he he'll just he can just go off on Twitter.
1: I mean here well that's the thing. I'm here's the thing, this. like if
0: I wanted to watch a promo, I would watch wrestling.
1: Right. I'm I'm <laughs> saying this right now, and he could be sitting in a bar surrounded by topless women taking selfies right now and putting them on Twitter. <laughs> he and could be. everything I'm saying <laughs> is going to crap. That's entirely possible. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is he walked into an interview. Someone asked him the question, "What he thought about Duke Johnson's trade request," and his response was, "It's self-inflicted. It's it's not
0: something. I just want him to be professional while he's here.
1: That's not a bad answer.
0: No, I just find it ironic that he's saying he wants someone else to be professional.
1: Yes, but he's being professional now. So I think I think that we have to at least give him the opportunity. There's, and like,
0: if that wasn't Duke Johnson, if that was Jarvis Landry or if that was Odell Beckham that said that, you know, say it's a season from now and one of them says they want to be traded. Right. He's gonna go off on them and argue. Maybe.
1: I mean, it's real easy to say
0: Duke Johnson deserves a chance to go
1: somewhere else when you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt standing behind you. Real easy. So let's go there for a quick second. So all right, so this is so we both disagree on that. That was kind of a mild Craig Counter Craig, but still. It was. Um Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, Duke Johnson. Now Hunt's out for the first eight games on a suspension,
0: and rightfully right. so. Is this the Nick Chubb show? I think it, I don't think they have a choice.
1: Do you and tr- if Nick
0: Chubb gets hurt, what do they do? The, do you if,
1: hold on to Duke Johnson because of that?
0: I think they have to. They ha- I think they have to until Kareem Hunt plays. And and, not and by none. then is the trade deadline over?
1: I have no idea. No idea. And not for nothing, but Duke Johnson isn't exactly underpaid. He's in the second year of a three-year, $15.6 million deal. Yeah. He's making $5 million this year. If they insist on putting you on the bench, sit on the bench.
0: Yeah, just like the backup punter. You don't hear him,
1: complain. (laughs) Wait for your opportunity. Wait for your opportunity. And the argument could be made, you've had an opportunity. Before Nick Chubb got there, it was you and Isaiah Crowell, and a lot of experts said, watch Duke Johnson. Good hands out of the backfield. He can go out there and do it, and he didn't. So what did the Browns do? They drafted Nick Chubb. Yep. And then they smelled blood in the water, and they got a Kareem Hunt discount. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think Kareem Hunt is going to like play? Yes. Do you think it's week eight or week nine, and they just have him start?
1: Yes. I think he splits time with Nick Chubb because by that point, Nick Chubb, you got to start reducing his carries. By having this guy you know is going to come in healthy in week nine, game nine, you can grind Nick Chubb a little bit more the first eight weeks. If you're thinking 300 carries in the season for Nick Chubb, you can realistically put almost 200 of those carries in the first eight games. He can touch the ball 25 times a game. What is that? That's 100, That's 200 times. Yep. 25 times. Then you cut his, his load down to 10 to 12 touches per game because you're giving Hunt 10 to 12 touches per game. Now you've got a fully fresh Kareem Hunt who had better damn well be a good little boy the rest of his freaking career if he wants to have a freaking <laughs> career. True. And you've got Nick Chubb. And if this team turns out to be as good as they look on paper and they win 10 games. Now, all of a sudden, you have a two headed. You have your own Ingram Kamara going into the AFC playoffs in a historically weak AFC. Who is going to dominate the AFC?
0: Who? Like team like out of the all on
1: a team. What team is going to dominate the AFC this year? Uh go division by division. The Patriots are still the clear cut yep. class of that and I'm sorry, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. The Patriots aren't that good. The Gronk absence leaves, and I oh, heard no, he might
0: come back. There's whispers he's gonna come back. I don't believe it. Because they cut uh uh Jenkins. I
1: don't believe it. I don't believe he'll come back. I just don't. They caught they cut Austin Safari Jenkins? Yeah.
0: And now Ben Watson's suspended, so Four I, couldn't, games. I couldn't tell you who their other tight end is. You know, I don't even think cinch could No. (laughs) but
1: all right. So they're the best in the, and I don't think they're that great in the AFC North. No one's any good. Cleveland might be the best team in that division. And that on paper, Pittsburgh fans just got really pissed off.
0: They did actually, actually the Bengals receiving core got ranked fifth in the AFC player with the three, there are three receivers. Okay.
1: AFC West, I think the Chargers, Chargers. are going to have a really good year. I think the Chiefs are going to take a step back. Ten games. I still think they're going to be a playoff team, but they're going to take a major Denver step back. Denver is going
0: to win eight games at the most.
1: Denver's going to win six. And Oakland... I'm not going to talk about Oakland slash Las Vegas. We're not going to talk about them. They're a team waiting to implode. The South. The Colts? Yes. I'm not buying this Titans talk. I'm not buying it no, at all. No, me
0: either. Definitely the Colts, though.
1: So, I mean...
0: <clears throat> huh uh-oh.
1: i'm getting breaking news from espn
0: uh-oh what happened it's loading
1: all right so anyway so <laughs> you know you so realistically speaking right now the Bengals could <clears throat> win i'm sorry not the Bengals. the browns could win the afc north they could if they do that means they're no worse than a four seed who's gonna have a better record than them going into the playoffs the chargers and the pats the Charger, the
0: Pats, and the, the Colts, man, the Colts.
1: Okay, so if they win, they're no better than so probably a four seed. That's they're still hosting a playoff game in Wild Card Weekend. When was the last True. time Cleveland hosted a playoff game? I think they were called the Ravens back then, except they were never called the Ravens. It was called the Browns. No, that was the Browns. I think that was before that was <clears throat> that was Art Modell's team. I think that's hosted. How far I don't been, remember. Yes, when was the last time they were in the playoffs?
0: In the playoffs? It's been
1: decades. Oh, decades. Yeah, definitely decades. I don't think they made a playoff since they came back into the league.
0: The 90s? The last time they were in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay, breaking Breaking news Breaking news from ESPN. Uh, Authorities are now saying two female acquaintances vanished with more than half a million dollars in jewelry from star NFL running back Le'Veon Bell's Florida home. Hollywood police say Bell returned from the gym on May 25th and found the women gone and his jewelry missing. The police report obtained by the Associated Press refers to the two women as Bell's girlfriends. Okay, all right, uh,
0: hookers. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping. <laughs> all right, I'm going for the beer. I'm going for the beer. So wait a minute. Hey, he doesn't go to optional workouts. Wait he has his own workout.
1: Yeah. So wait. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me. Let me see if I'm following this. You're Le'Veon Bell. Right. You left two women in yes. your apartment or right. house unwatched...
0: To go to the gym. To go to the gym. Because he has to work out.
1: With millions of dollars of stuff. And you're shocked. Again, we don't know how well he knows these women. You're shocked when you come back and all the jewelry's gone? First off, why are you keeping a million dollars in jewelry unsecured in your house? Secondly, if it is secured, who are you giving the password to that (laughs) vault to? Because I'm not giving it to anybody. I'm not giving it to my mother. (laughs) And you're giving it to two random women? I mean... Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Girlfriends, plural. Right. (laughs) Girlfriends. Hey, he
0: was out of football for a year, man. He had to keep busy.
1: (laughs) Bell said items in his closet were in disarray and all his jewelry was missing, including two gold chains with diamonds, a Black Panther pendant with black and white diamonds, and a Rolex. They total $520,000. He practiced with the New York Jets on Tuesday for the first time since signing with them in March. Okay. Okay. This is not bode well. <laughs> this is not a good sign for you. You really, really need to rethink your life. Speaking of people who need to rethink their life into the into the, the, the studio. Thank loft. You. The loft slash studio comes Craig's cat, Fiona. Um, there is a pretty good chance in the next five to 10 minutes. You will hear Craig scream in pain because the cat usually only comes up here when Craig is sitting in his in her chair and she will attack his leg when he's not looking in order to try and scare him out of it. So if you hear a sudden <laughs> yelp and a curse, it's probably
0: Craig getting It's probably attacked. me.
1: So, all right. So I, I, there was one other thing I wanted to, to... There's there's a couple other things on the agenda. I'm going to open this. Let's get to the second beer. Yes. This is Duncan Summer Coffee Pale Ale from Harpoon. Yes. The people who brought you Duncan... Was it a porter or a stout?
0: It was a porter.
1: Dun, Duncan Coffee so Porter. So this is
0: um being a... Ale, I'm going to assume this is going to be lighter. Bush. Okay. Bush is not a sponsor of this podcast.
1: <laughs> I don't smell any coffee on this. All right. Well.
0: <sighs> maybe a little? Kind
1: of. Yeah, it's late. All right, let's see if it tastes like
0: it It's smells. like a coffee. Is it a coffee grinder smell? A little bit. Get a little. Oh, wow. Whoa. Whoa. Brits awake. Co-
1: oh, there's coffee.
0: is awake. Okay,
1: that nose... Does not tell you about the coffee in this. Have you tried it yet? No. Okay. Do you smell coffee? A little, a little. Just like, like, like a hint. Like there used to be coffee beans in this. Right. It smells like you had coffee in a plastic container, and then you washed the container. It smelled like coffee afterwards. Now sip it.
0: Yeah, that's like black coffee.
1: Yes, that is. There is. Wow. wow. That Nose. does I not match its taste.
0: I wouldn't. I think the porter one, the one that comes in the bottle, yes. is more it's more i don't know it's smoother a little more iced coffee kind of feel right this is you drank a black coffee yeah this is you have the aftertaste of like the like if you ever had um chocolate espresso beans yep that aftertaste is what you get
1: Yep. our buddy sean was addicted to those for a while
0: yeah i was too they're really easy to eat yeah
1: (laughs) i brought them back from vacation because i like to have candy in my office and they were all gone and then he comes in like one afternoon, one o'clock, and he's yawned, and he's like, where's the beans, man? And I'm like, they're, they're gone, dude. You ate them all. They sell
0: them at Trader Joe's. Yeah, don't tell, that. Well, don't his, tell him that. Oh. Well, he doesn't listen to this, or he'd know.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. So the other thing I wanted to discuss, we, we have some more topics to cover, but I want to kind of go over, we've done a bunch of breweries in the last week or two. We have. So Craig and I are doing the Connecticut Brewery Trail. So in addition to our beloved favorites like Aspatuck and Two Roads, um, we've visited... Five breweries in the last two weeks. Yes. We did Counterweight in Hamden. Mm -hmm. We did No Worries in Hamden. Then we did East Rock Brewing, which is in East Rock, which is like a neighborhood of New Haven, Connecticut. Then we did this weekend Reverie Brewing in Newtown. And we did Voracious Brewing in Monroe. Now we had been to Voracious before. And to be fair, we had had beers from most of these places before. So let's just go right down the line. Let's start with Counterweight. What was your impression of Counterweight?
0: Um, I really noticed the trend of breweries being kind of tucked away in the middle of sort of nowhere. Because we're kind of like, you know, we got used to Two Roads being in a giant old factory. And and I think
1: that's a zoning thing. They tend it could to be, be. In industrial zones. Yeah. And Two Roads is built in an old factory, which so, is industrial.
0: Right. But we're used to like a, you know, the. Their big building. Right. Like you go in a counterweight, you drive through a residential area and it's at the end of a dead end.
1: Right. And it looks like a little industrial building, like a small, like shipping receiving Um, kind of business.
0: The bottom part is it's small, but it's kind of neat, but they have an upstairs, which is really cool.
1: It's all wooden downstairs. It's like walking into an old ship. Yes. So the upstairs was interesting. Um, It gets a little warm up there in my opinion, just because you have to walk through the brewery area to get to the stairs, to go up to that upper stair, upstairs. But that's where they have games. They have a secondary. Oh, excuse me. They have a secondary bar upstairs, and it was nice. What'd you think of the beers?
0: Um, the beers I enjoyed. A little some of them are a little more hoppy than I expected, but yeah. it's not a bad thing.
1: They tend to be a little bit more IPA centric of uh, a brewery, which is not sh- uh, shocking, seeing as like probably their most commonly found brew is called uh, Headway. Um, is it Headway? headway yeah yeah um and is is for a lot of people that i've talked to dollar for dollar the best ipa in the market because while you
0: have IPA, is that one of the beers you gave a five to
1: no i've never oh there it is the cat has expressed his displeasure (laughs) or her displeasure with craig sitting in the chair hope the mics picked that up that was good um no, the only beer I've ever given a 5 to is Holiday Ale by Two Roads. I've given a lot of 4 seven fives. I think I gave about a 4 on It's too
0: bad ten. you can't do it by 10s.
1: Yeah, because you know what? There'd be a lot more spacing in my ratings. Yeah, mine for sure. too. Um, headway, well, in, a, in a day and age where a 4-pack of 16-ounce craft IPAs can go for as much as $20, at $5 a yeah. can...
0: I've seen him at 25
1: Wow. See, I can't. I could not. There's no way I can pay $6 a can for a beer I drink at home. I can't. I, I don't like paying $6 a beer out. <laughs> <laughs> and I read an article the other day. Somebody was at a bar, and they saw Captain's Daughter in 12-ounce cans was on the menu. So he had, like, four of them, and then came to find out they were $12 a piece. It's wow. a 12-ounce can of Captain's Daughter. That's, like, that's wow. like spirits-level money. But that's beside the point. Anyway, um... Headway for a four-pack is only 9 bucks in a lot of places, maybe 10 It's under That's $3 okay. a can. That's very reasonably priced, and it's a solid IPA. Their Crucial Mass IPA was amazing. And we had that here. Didn't we have that we here? We did have
0: it. You had it in a growler.
1: We had it in the growler here, and that was the one I brought back. I like the place. I would go visit it again. Um, space is a little issue. It's a little bit small. Parking. There is a massive issue. Oh yeah. We, we had to park on the 20 parking spaces. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We had to park on the street and we had to, but we <laughs> did go before, um, uh, Memorial day. It
1: was Memorial day weekend. So that, that that's Friday. So, too. so then we head off to no worries again, built in an old factory style building, nexus of train tracks, but really nicely done. Love the, the atmosphere. The atmosphere was really fantastic. Again, not a lot of parking spaces, but it was much quieter than Counterweight was. The folks were very nice, and a wider variety of beers. Yes. I didn't feel like there was a lot of IPAs. When I go into someplace new, and I've never had their stuff, and that was the case with uh, not Counterweight, but uh, No Worries. Um, Well, no, I'd had them at festivals, but I'd never been to their site. I want to try their IPAs. That's where I start. And so I ordered... So I wanted a flight full of IPAs. I couldn't. There was only three or four on the menu, and... Mm I had to fill it out with other other beers, which is okay. Yeah, but get it's to try not new what things. I'm used to. I'm not used to walking into a brewery and not being able to find four or five IPAs on the menu. So, your impressions and no worries. Uh
0: I enjoyed it. Like they're um the in front where they have like a garage door kind of thing. Yeah. So they had that wide open. That was pretty cool. It was cool. a gorgeous night out. It was a nice day. They had a they had a really good Mexican food truck cart thing. Oh my god, that was so good. It's really good. I would say who it was if I remember the name of it. Damn it,
1: Mustaza Grill.
0: There you go. And if I'm you saying s- that wrong. I'm pr- if you I'm see that wrong. somewhere and you like Mexican food, get it because it was to two amazing. Roads on occasion too, and I yeah. had them
1: that Sunday. We had the party there a week later or a couple days later, and that was yeah. So
0: yeah, uh, but I love the atmosphere. Like so, the people are really nice. It was much more laid back. Beer than- on a scale of one to five in general. Um, you know, for being different, I give them a four. Okay, I'm with the t- well, counterweight. Carnaway, maybe like a three and a half, but I'd have to try it again. I'd
1: go four on both.
0: Only because, only because like, it was kind of hot in there. It was warm. Yeah, so.
1: It was warm, and you got that really strong brewery smell. Yeah. Upstairs. But I would definitely, I would definitely,
0: I would definitely go back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. East Rock. Okay, so you lead us out. What were your thoughts on East Rock?
0: East Rock, again, it's in a building, you wouldn't expect to find a brewery. It's kind of weird, because their brew area, you can see it through windows in the back. Yep. It, it's really sterile. It's all white. It's all white with bright lights. It looks like that that uh, scene from Willy Wonka where they're all dressed in white, and you think you're thinking you're going to see Oompa Loompas walk oh, around. that's the, 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 TV. the TV segment, yeah. yes. That's what it reminded me of. But it's very it's a very modern look. It's very like clean lines and black and white.
1: It was clean. It was nice. It had a lot of seating. Um, as far as the beers go, uh, and this is not an insult to them at all, it's very pedestrian. I, I didn't... I, my wife handed me a Berliner Weiss. It tasted like a Berliner Weiss. She handed me a Heffenweisen. It tasted like everything. Yeah, nothing. Ever there's
0: nothing there to really wow.
1: Right. I didn't find anything with flavors that I was like, ooh, that's different. Craig and I on this podcast talk a lot about flavor. Different flavors. What are we getting out of this beer? You know? And and so for me, I really want something. I don't want something like crazy. Like I don't want. <laughs> Barbecue. Like, yeah. Oh, we're going to get to there in a minute. Um <laughs> I don't want anything like that, but I want something that's unique or something that's a different take on stuff. And I know as more and more breweries, I just did, are out there in the market. It's harder. I just didn't feel like they did this. So no, I do the space, their, But the beers were exceptionally. Their beer,
0: average. their beer tasted like the beer. beer they said it was.
1: It tasted like beer. Um. So I'm gonna give them a three. Yeah, out of four. I can see that. So, Reverie. Newtown. Let's talk about barbecue beers. Okay, let's. So this is the second time that Craig and I have gone to a brewery and there has been a barbecue-inspired, I'm sorry, barbecue sauce-inspired beer on the menu. Right. The first time was Fairfield County Ales where they did an experimental barbecue chicken uh, beer that was not
0: very good. No. Unless you put it in a sauce, man.
1: It would make an amazing marinade or amazing sauce. Ribs? Woo! Yeah. There's a reason they didn't do this. Reverie had one as well. And I had flashbacks to our time at Fairfield County. (laughs) That being said, that was the only beer I tried there that I did not like. They had several IPAs on tap. Um, They had a double. They had two different single IPAs. It was really interesting. And the whole thing, a reverie for those I'm sure are familiar with the term, it's a daydream. It's random thoughts. So all of their beers are named or described with those kinds of things. One of the IPAs I drank was called Ooh, a Kitty.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that one, that actually. That one was
1: really good. Ooh, a Pony was another <clears throat> one. They're very kind of laid back. And I, the couple that were at the bar, it was a, uh, I believe it was a husband-wife team, uh, the way they were talking. It appears to be a family-run organization. Really liked their space. Again, industrial and new town. Windows open. Windows Walls open. <laughs> the garage door that, that that's the loading area was open to allow more breeze in. Really nice folks, really yep. solid
0: beer. They were willing to let you try any beer you wanted.
1: Oh, yeah. I walked up, and I said, I'm an IPA guy. What do you recommend? And he told me about the Pony, the Kitty, and the Double. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start with the Kitty. And before he came back with the Kitty, he came back with an ounce of each of the other ones. Sit said, here, try Pony, and try Double before I pour your Kitty. Great. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's awesome.
0: They were really nice. They
1: were really fantastic. <clears throat> and for those of you who are in Connecticut... They are less than a block from Ville.
0: Yes. Which
1: is a place that specializes in wraps. They make hamburger wraps that are amazing.
0: They are. And amazing. they've expanded. And they've they used expanded. to be a little like hole in the wall. Like you walk into the place and had like two tables and a refrigerator with drinks. Right.
1: So Reverie's <clears> for me is going to get, as a brewery, it's going to get a four and a quarter.
0: Yes. It was and definitely... they allow dogs. What's that? And they allow dogs.
1: And they allow dogs. Which also counterweight does. Yes. I don't believe I saw any dogs at No Worries. But so that I don't doesn't mean know.
0: anything. It doesn't mean. mean.
1: And I definitely didn't see any dogs at East Rock. But that's the thing. Some breweries allow them. Some don't. We can tell you right now. Reverie does. Um, counterweight. Counterweight does. And the last one we're about to discuss, which is Voracious in Monroe, absolutely yes.
0: does.
1: Voracious is a small tap room built next to a home brewer supply store. Which is built next to a liquor store. <laughs> if Think you about that. want beer in any way, shape, or form, this is your place because you've got a pre-packaged spot on one end, a brewery tap room on the other end, and in between you've got all the supplies to go home and make your own damn beer. Thoughts on Voracious. <laughs> I'll let you lead this one out.
0: Um <clears throat> So you walk you walk in, everything is all wooden. They have, pe- they have old a lot of decorations, pe- a lot of decorations. They have old pews from churches. One of their beers is called 99 pews,
1: 29,
0: 29, sorry, 29 pews. Um, You can see their brew area in the back, like the window, that whole wall yep. is windowed. My only, and they have a lot of beer for being such a small brewery. They have like 20 beers.
1: I'm trying to think of my, it was probably in the realm of 15 to 20 taps.
0: Yes. A lot. My only issue with Veracious and this happened the last time we were there. They only Wait. have one bartender. I don't know why, but there's only one dude,
1: and he's one of the brewers on he's the one, weekends.
0: He's one of the brewers on the weekends. he likes talking, but he's the only one running the bar. and when we got there, there was two people two other there's two the other bar. people there. so us being there, that was five people yep within an I would say within an hour. There was at least 20, 30 people there.
1: And the line from the bar was massive. So here's my issue with Voracious. Some places fill growlers right off the tap. Some have growler filling stations. Right. I prefer places with growler filling stations. I have found that if I'm getting a growler of beer and it's filled off of a pressurized system, that the beer stays longer. Right. Voracious does not use a pressurized system. They just fill it off the tap. And close it. And close it, which is fine, but it's time-consuming. And when you've got one guy behind the serving line and you hand him two growlers,
0: 64 ounces each,
1: (laughs) and God forbid you want the same beer, you're having a party and you want a lot of one beer, it's a 10 minute wait before he goes to the next customer. And that's if they don't need to discuss anything and nothing kicks or the CEO, then he has
0: to go back and change the keg, which he had to three times. Right.
1: So we were in that (laughs) line. And there were five or six people ahead of us. We're just waiting for a second beer. We're in this line, five or six people ahead of us. And two or three of them had growlers in their hands. And I'm yes. Like, we gonna, we waited in that line for a
0: solid 30 minutes. And the, and the minutes. guy behind you did. Yes. You and I waited for 30 minutes. You were actually in line for like another 20 before
1: yeah. that. I was in line for at least half an hour, probably close to 40 minutes just to get a beer. So that's, Voracious makes some really solid stuff. Their variety is incredible, but their setup is not Conducive to what they're doing. What they really need to do is they need to have a separate growler filling area, or a separate individual who's solely responsible for filling growlers off of a second setup in the back. That's the easy. Now I say that knowing that that's tens of thousands of dollars (laughs) to set up. Right. That's that's not. It's not like something they could just say. Oh, you know what? We heard this podcast. let's, (laughs) Let's do that. No. No, because we we two roads does it though, and I, I go back to the very first Christmas two roads was open, the literal origin of what we now call Bro Year's Eve, was that my buddy Sean, who's been on his podcast before, and I were both off, and with nothing better to do, we sat at a bar and drank holiday ale until they told us we are not going to serve you any more holiday ale.
0: Now was that New Year's Eve or was that Christmas? New Year's okay. Eve. Okay.
1: New Year's Eve. And the reason I bring this story up is because back then they had two pressurized growler filling stations at the main bar. This is before they opened the growler bar. And there were so many people coming in to get growlers for New Year's Eve parties that there was a line of growlers in front of us at least 15 to 20 long. And they were filling them as quickly and as efficiently as they could. And the line just kept getting longer to the point where finally the beer tenders called up help from downstairs. And for the folks that... Because they do have taps down on their serving floor for um, for when they do tours. Yeah. When it was something that was, some, there was something that was on tap downstairs, they were handing them growlers and saying, this is road to ruin, go. And filling them that way because there was just so many people. It was crazy. So I see, I've see i seen that. And, and what did two roads do? They installed a growler bar a year later with four more pressurized growler tanks in it. Now a growler wait is 10, 15 minutes toms. And that's yeah. counting the time that your growlers getting filled.
0: Yep. Yep. So, you
1: know, I, again voracious, it's a it's a growth thing. What?
0: The one thing about Voracious yeah. is don't forget who came out to greet us from the back. Philip. Philip. Philip the dog. Philip the dog. He's a I think he's a lab. hmm He's a lab.
1: He's either a lab or a golden retriever.
0: So yeah, so they had two dogs. Uh, unfortunately, they only have one now.
1: Lucy passed away about a year or two after. There is the a grill.
0: beer named after her.
1: Lucy's last call, which yep. is, I do not like Belgian strong ales. That is an amazing Belgian strong ale. That's a good one. It's nine point one percent, so you can't drink more than one, but you can have one.
0: Yes. Um. So he came out, and he actually came came out from the back, and he actually at that time there was only maybe. maybe Less than ten people there. It didn't right. get crowded out that line. He came out and he actually walked over to every single person and sniffed them. And sniffed them in the bar.
1: And let them pet. Yep. You got thirty seconds to pet. He would sniff you, look you dead in the eye, like, are you gonna give me a pet? I just I just came over to say hello. You give him two yep. pets and he'd move on to the next person.
0: And then he walked all the way around and he walked back into the
1: back. <laughs> yep. After he greeted every person, he would did once around the, the the bar room, almost like he was patrolling, and then went back into the pack. Like, yep, I have to go now. <laughs> yep, I'm my job here is done. I'm going to go take a nap. So nice it was job. Very cool. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm going to, because of the delay in service, because they need, they've grown peas, I don't want to charge them too much for that. I want to go down to 3.75 on them. Um, but because they, they have a great variety, their brewer is extremely knowledgeable. He will talk yeah. your ear off about the beer. He wrote and a book. He wrote a lot. He wrote a book. Um, they're, they're just, they're just fantastic folks but they need to do something about speed of service on weekends. And that that's really where they're at. Um, Their beers are fantastic. I would highly recommend it. So if you're in the Connecticut area, these are all beer. These are all places. Monroe uh, has voracious. Newtown has reverie East rock. New Haven has East rock. And then Hamden has both counterweight and no worries. Check them all out. Believe it or not, we are totally out of time.
0: That's sad.
1: Final thoughts.
0: Go. Wow. Uh, Final thoughts are, there are a lot more breweries in Connecticut than I thought there were. Mm. Uh, Doing this trail, you have to get 50 brewery stamps to get the free ticket to a beer fest. We're up to eight. But, yeah, we're only up to eight. But um, there's a lot of breweries in Connecticut. There's over 100, or close to it. Close to 100. It's insane. So there's, if you don't like one kind of beer, you can definitely find one that you like.
1: There's something for everybody. There's something for everybody. Our friend Deb. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Our friend Deb, is it, she she's not a big variety of beer fan. She likes lagers. Right. That's, that's her yeah, style. That's, that's cool. That's it. So she is a lager person. If you have a lager on tap, she's willing to try it. And there are some lagers she likes and some lagers she doesn't. But if you can put up a variety of beers, you can bring people in. And I think that's one of the things we've always talked about. Two Roads, that's one of the things Two Roads has done. Uh, Aspatuck is very good at doing that. I'm trying to think of who else.
0: They also allow dogs.
1: Aspatuck does outside only. Outside, but it's all right. Outside only, but during the summer, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So um, my final thought is just you know, summertime's here, guys. Uh, You want to go out to the beach. You want to hang out with your friends. Um, You want to have a beer down on the beach. That's great. It's time to get to work. It's almost time. I've been saying this for, what, s- six months? I was saying in December of last year that it was time to prepare for 2019. He so was. He it did. It feels like it. It feels like I've been saying it that long. <laughs> um, we are going. We are wrapping up season two, probably the end of this month, maybe the first week of July. And then we are going to be back in the second or third week of July for our third season and jumping right in. Uh, it, well, when I say we, it may be Craig and somebody else for a little while because I'm in the process of relocating. Um, I, I'm, I
0: am do not worry. I'm yeah. not going
1: that far away, but if you've ever moved, you know, it's not something you no, just it's, do.
0: It's a, it's a pain.
1: It's something you have to do. And then you the
0: realize time. you have a lot more stuff than you thought you did.
1: Yes. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Absolutely insane. So we are going to be working on that. So, uh, we'll but, figure it out. But ser- seriously, if you want to tune up, now's a great time to go do that dollar best ball that I've been talking about now is the time to start reading articles. A lot of the experts and a lot of the free sites are coming out with their initial rankings. I will not touch rankings until August 1st. I'm going to be yeah, totally honest. No, I wouldn't. I can't. I, I There's too much unless you're uncertainty. A, unless
0: you're in a dynasty league, there's no reason to.
1: Right, and if you're in a dynasty league, you're stuck with who you have already. <laughs> yeah. So unless you're drafting a rookie, it doesn't matter what I think. So we will be back next week. Next week will be episode 97? Yeah. Six, seven... Seven. seven 97 97 only four more after tonight 100 100 episode number 100 in TV that's a big deal on podcasting eh, okay but we're, <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're working on ways to celebrate it now in the meantime thank you so much for joining us contact us online fignutsdfs at gmail.com for our email at fignutsdfs DFS on Twitter please connect with us on Facebook we have a lot of Twitter followers. And we don't have anybody watching us on Facebook. We would love to have you follow our posts on Facebook, um, and and don't forget. Now you're starting to get into the season. Don't hesitate to email or send us questions. We are happy to answer them. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, hopefully some exciting news. Until then, I am Brit. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs>